welcome back to the OCD Bunk Podcast. My name is Jenny, and if you haven't been here before, welcome. I'm glad that you could join us. Um, I'm excited for today's episode, not for any specific reason, except for the fact that it's a beautiful morning. I'm driving to work. I'm already like halfway there, so this is going to be a short one, but I felt like I just wanted to chat with you guys, so here I am. And whatever time of day you're listening to this, I hope you're having a good one. I know that it's getting close to Christmas time, so for a lot of people, this is kind of a weird period of time. Like, (laughs) I saw a meme this morning talking about how the time between Thanksgiving and Christmas at work, a lot of the times you're like slammed, but also you have nothing to do. It's, it's this weird, like both extremes where you have a ton of work to do, but there's also a ton of people out of the office. So it's just this weird limbo. (laughs) Um, so that's what I'm dealing with at work, but it's kind of a fun time of the year because everybody's, you know, pretty chill and it's, exciting because this time of year just flies by so I try to enjoy every single day um if you know me or if you've listened to this podcast for a little while you know that I love snow and so I'm really excited because here in Colorado we've been getting a little bit more of that lately and rumor has it that there's more on the way so I'm really excited for that I had a couple of my friends saying the other day something to something along the lines of, oh yeah, next week it's supposed to be really nice. It's supposed to get up to like 60. And I'm like, nice. It's December. It's supposed to be dumping snow. 60 degrees is not nice for December. Um, so yeah, if I could be a snowman, I would be, but you know, I'm a human. So, oh well, but I'm excited to be with you guys today. And I just thought I'd have a casual chat I didn't have so much planned, but there is one thing that I've been wanting to talk about, and um, a lot of the times with OCD, we talk about extremes, and we talk about, you know, catastrophizing. I don't think I've talked about catastrophizing so much lately, so let me be- let me just give you a brief overview of what catastrophizing is. It's basically taking um, a small problem and blowing it out of proportion. So it's basically like, okay, so, you know, if you're a kid and you're playing outside in your backyard and you get a splinter, then all of a sudden catastrophizing would be like, oh my goodness, I have this splinter. I'm going to try to get it out and I'm not going to be able to. And so then it's going to get super infected. And because it's infected, it's going to get into my bloodstream and then I'm going to pass away. And that's catastrophizing. It's basically making death out of a splinter. (laughs) Or like I like to say, mountains out of molehills. That's a common phrase, but I feel like it applies a lot with OCD. And the reason that I was thinking about this lately is because I had an instance where I had a conversation with my sister and I did exactly that. And she got confused um, as to how I jumped to such an, like, difficult conclusion from something that was so small. So let me explain. Um, It's basically like there will be the smallest task to perform, but then I'll get worried because of a ton of different factors and, and then I'll just keep putting off that teeny task even though it would probably only take me like five minutes, but I just get so anxious about all of these different factors that I like make up in my head and blow out of proportion. So I used to do, okay, this is, (laughs) this is going to be a very lengthy random explanation, but 
it might help you guys realize exactly what I mean by catastrophizing or by, um, like, blowing stuff out of proportion. So, I had a conversation with my sister the other day about, um, my dogs. Because lately, it has been crunch time for me at school. I'm coming up on finals. I have some massive assignments due. And I've been needing to basically lock myself in the office where we have our desktop computer to work on school. And my sister was like, hey, I noticed that, you know, you haven't been spending as much time with them. Um, And so we just had a discussion about that. And I said, well, yeah, I used to be able to be on my laptop out in the main area of the house and do my school and hang out with them. But now I have to be in the office, and when I'm on the office computer, they, like, bug me more. I don't, they, they're like, oh, cool, she's, like, sitting right here. So then they try to, like, jump up on me and play and stuff. And so, to focus, I just close the door sometimes. Whereas, if I'm in the main area, they kind of just chill and leave me alone. And she's like, well, why can't you be on your laptop now and just be in the main area? And so I was like, okay, here's OCD's explanation of why I can't. I recently changed jobs, and prior to changing jobs, I used to be able to do my homework on my work laptop, which had Microsoft Word on it. Now, with my new job, I'm not allowed to do homework on my work laptop, so I would have to use my personal laptop, which is generally a fine thing. Like, that's totally fine. I have a, I have a MacBook. But the thing is, my MacBook is nearly out of storage, and it also doesn't have Microsoft Word on it. So I can't do those assignments that need Word. Um, And Jordan was like, why don't you just install Word on it? Like, like basically saying this is the dumbest excuse you've ever come up with. When in in all reality, this is something that I've been so anxious about and like worrying about and ruminating about for literally like two months now about not having Word on my computer. And that's what's frustrating because sometimes you'll say something and it's genuinely, you're not trying to use it as like a dumb excuse, but it's actually the reason that you've been avoiding doing something. But once again, it's making a mountain out of a molehill. And for the average person, it's going to sound like an awful excuse. And she's like, Jenny, why don't you just install Word? Basically saying that's the dumbest excuse. Try to come up with like a better excuse. And I was like, yes, but also I can't because my laptop is almost out of storage. And in order to free up storage, I'm going to have to go in there and I'm going to have to delete things and have a really hard time deleting things because I also have a hard time with like digital hoarding. This is something that I've had to like really work on with my therapist where I feel like every little thing I need to keep and I get worried about deleting files and stuff like that um and so it it's really kind of anxiety inducing for me so I keep putting it off and I know that I have to do it but then I'm also super um busy in other areas of my life and I know that these assignments are coming up and they're almost due so I know this is going to be a little bit of a process and it's going to take a little time for me specifically to install Microsoft Word on my laptop and so I would rather just install it once these classes end and I have a little break from school um, because then I can spend all of that time that I would be spending um, installing it just working on my homework (laughs) now 
even even saying it out loud it sounds it sounds ridiculous but for someone with OCD these teeny little things can be blown out of proportion and they can very easily become a huge thing in your head and so for me it was actually a good thing to talk it out with her because I started I started going off into that whole explanation and she was like Jenny stop it's just Microsoft Word and I was like yes but it's not just Microsoft Word it is something that is just so I don't know to me it was a huge deal and so um I still haven't installed it on my laptop, and I probably won't until uh, these classes are over, just because I already started some of my assignments on the other computer, but I'm definitely going to need to confront that and work through that and do that, because it is a small task that my brain has taken and turned into this massive task, and I need to definitely um, face that and, and overcome that, but... It is something that's difficult because, and I think that's also a reason that people with OCD don't like to talk about what they're struggling with because, like, at least for me, I try to hide my OCD a lot. There are certain people that I've known for years and they have no clue that I have it because I've tried to hide it so well. And um, I've gotten pretty sneaky with it. And that is a good thing and a bad thing um, just because... I ended up getting a lot worse before I basically asked for help, um, and nobody noticed. Or, well, okay, the people who lived with me noticed, um, but other people really didn't. There were only a few select people who, um, realized how badly I was struggling, but because I hid it so much, people just genuinely didn't know. And it's just... It's hard because I think one of the reasons, one of the main reasons that people hide their OCD is because they're embarrassed. Um, Things that they do are, you know, a lot of people would kind of look at them and, you know, maybe make fun of them or think, like, that's weird, why would you do that? For example, um, a lot of my compulsions involved doing things over again if it didn't feel just right or, um, like, counting and doing things a certain number of times. Um, a stereotypical one is like, you know, flipping the light switch on and off. I used to do that once in a while, but my big thing was more like checking and having routines, specifically like around bedtime. I would have this exact routine that I had to follow and it had to feel just right. Otherwise I would have to do it again. And if anybody came into my room, I'd get really mad because that means that undid my whole check before bed and I would have to redo it all over again and it would just be exhausting. And so I ended up starting to lock my door anytime I went into my room at night um, because I didn't want anybody to basically undo all of my checks that I had already finished because I was exhausted. Um, But um, so that type of stuff is really genuinely embarrassing for us but I also think that another reason that we hide it is because when we talk about certain things specifically like the Microsoft Word type of things um people sometimes genuinely think that you're just making an excuse and they don't realize how big of a deal it is in your own head and um so we stop trying to explain it because we don't at least for me, 
I don't want to sound like somebody who's trying to make excuses, so I'd rather just not try to explain it because I don't want to sound like that person who's, like, constantly just uh, making excuses for things and never taking responsibility. But a lot of times that's what OCD makes it sound like. And that's also why um, pushing back against it is so important because I think that a lot of... um, our self-worth, whether we want to admit it or not, lies within, you know, how we feel about how people perceive us and, uh, or how we feel that people perceive us. Um, especially with OCD, you're always, you know, at least for me, always comparing myself to other people and, um, always thinking that I'm lesser than other people and wishing that I could just be more like the average Joe or Josephine, (laughs) but, um, it's just, it's hard when there's something that genuinely has been blown out of proportion in your head, and you try to explain it to someone, and they just don't get it, so it's, for me, I've found it easier just not, not to explain it, but I think it is important when there's somebody in your life that really understands that you've been going through, um, this, that they know that you struggle with OCD, sometimes it's important to have to explain them to them because just the act of having to explain that to my sister out loud kind of brought to light how ridiculous it did sound and the fact that I do need to deal with it and I do need to face that fear and I need to work through that exposure because no matter what I was trying to say in my head, um, it is very compulsive. I'm, I'm avoiding it because of compulsive reasons and so sometimes talking it through no matter how hard it might be is really helpful and I'm not saying to go up to like a random person and start telling them like guess what I don't have Microsoft Word on my laptop want to know why no go to somebody who knows you really well and tell them hey I'm struggling with this x y and z um can I just talk through it with you and that actually for me, that's why this podcast is so helpful for me because a lot of the times I will talk through things or it'll help me acknowledge things that I haven't really (laughs) consciously acknowledged as being things that I need to work through with my OCD and just speaking them out. And I think that gives a lot of power to, um, to basically like your thought process and then you can acknowledge that it's something that you need to work on, but you can also acknowledge that in the grand scheme of things, it's a pretty small deal. And the big deal that you're making it out to be in your head, while it feels real and while it feels so big and scary, it really isn't that big of a deal. And for me, um, just talking out loud, I was like, wait, it's, it's, it's literally just Microsoft Word. And would I rather have a laptop and not be able to use it because I'm so scared of (laughs) going through and downloading the things that I need onto it and, like, getting rid of things that I don't need? Would I rather just not be able to use my laptop at all? Like, when you kind of start talking about it in logical terms, it's helpful. And I find, I find that, for me... I need to talk about it in logical terms. It is not helpful when other people (laughs) um, talk about it 
in logical terms to me. Like, there are certain people who can do it in a good way. Like, my therapist, he'll be like, you do realize that it's, for example, he'd be like, you do realize this is going to be like a five-minute task, right? And when he puts it that way, I understand that he, I know that he understands how big of a deal I'm making it in my head. And, um, it's good when he pushes back like that, but when other people, just like the random, you know, someone else tries to speak in logical terms and they're like, why are you making this such a big deal? It makes it worse. So you have to find somebody who isn't questioning why your brain is doing what it's doing. Because believe me, we're already questioning why our brain is doing that. We don't have a choice. It's not exactly like we woke up one day and decided uh, to have OCD. And if you did, why? Why would you do that? (laughs) Nobody would ever do that. It sucks. But um, it's more helpful for me, for myself to say it out loud and talk through the logical side versus the irrational side that OCD is trying to make me believe. Um, When it's coming from other people, from uh, an angle of why would you ever think about it like this, it kind of makes me shut down. Um, When it's coming from other people, like my therapist, like I was mentioning, from a standpoint of, hey, do you realize that OCD is really catastrophizing this or blowing it out of proportion then that kind of helps me talk it through for myself as well but I've found that talking it out out loud even if there's nobody there to hear it just hearing your own voice out loud talking about it for me is very helpful for other people journaling is really helpful um writing it down and that might be super helpful for you as well I have a hard time with writing things down. I find that my brain goes at a million miles an hour and I can't write things down quickly enough. Um, So I like doing a voice journal personally, and I know I've mentioned this before, but I will mention it again because it is so helpful for me. So if it could be helpful for somebody else, that would be amazing. But basically what I do is I just hit record on my phone and I just talk. I just talk through whatever I'm thinking. I talk through my day. I talk through what I'm struggling with. I talk through things that I have inside of me that nobody else has ever heard. And I know that nobody else is going to hear them ever again. But just talking about it out loud somehow um, it's very therapeutic for me. It helps me a, a great deal. So um, I don't know if this even made sense. Um, but... I guess the moral of this episode is that I need to put Microsoft Word on my computer, (laughs) Uh, which I will do, and I will try and check up with you guys. If I remember, I'll try and check up with you guys to tell you that I did so, that I did so, that I installed it, Uh, but I don't know if that even made sense, but, you know, it's okay. It was just nice to be able to chat with you guys this morning, and... Actually, there is one thing that I wanted to do. A lot of people, um, like podcasters and stuff, they have kind of a little, like, mantra. I don't know what you want to say. Like, they have something at the end of each um, episode that just wraps it up. So, for example, if you've ever heard of Joey Kidney, um, I listen to his podcasts And at the end of the podcast, he always says, stay you, stay beautiful. I'll see you on the next episode. And I love stuff like that because it's just, you always expect it. It's always constant. And I've tried to come up with things 
Um, they always just sound really stupid. But I was thinking one thing that I used to do in my support group is we would always end the group with two things, a dad joke, and I would always be the one who would find a quote for the group. And I would read it, and that's how we would close out the group. It would always be with a quote. And so I kind of want to try that out and see if I like it, see if you guys like it, because personally, I love quotes. I love, um, I just love, like, (laughs) some people go down the YouTube rabbit hole, which I definitely do, but sometimes I go down the quote rabbit hole, and I'll just I'll just read them. So, um, I want to leave you guys with a quote today. Actually, this is a perfect one from Chris Tronson, my therapist. Um, it's don't let a normal person's one or two become your seven or eight. And that's basically, he told me that when I was doing exactly what I was just talking about. I was making a big deal out of something that was so small and simple And he was asking me to rate my anxiety, you know, scale of one to 10. And we were just talking through it. And that's when he said, don't let a person's, a normal person's one or two become your seven or eight. So that's what I want to leave you guys with. Um, I hope you have a great day and I'll talk to you next time.